Well, uh, when I uh, when I was singing earlier, I, I was I, of course I can see the clock back there, you know, and I have to be mindful of that clock. And um, I wish I didn't have to. Sometimes I think I could just we could just stay here for a few hours, right? But we have a little bit of time limit, so I was thinking, well, I better I better stop singing because I'm cutting my preaching time short. <laughs> but uh, but we'll uh, we'll go ahead and get into it if you guys are ready. Are you guys ready? Uh, you know, the Bible talks about us hungering and thirsting after God. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to prepare ourselves. You know, you know, guys, that if we come into this place, no matter who's speaking, it doesn't have to be me, but no matter who's speaking, if we're, if we're reading from God's Word, we should all be hungry for that. We should all have thirst and, uh, and be eager. You know, if you come in here, if you, if you guys come in here this morning and and you're not hungry for God's word, you're not hungry to hear from him, uh, probably you're going to have a hard time hearing him. You understand what I'm saying? God knows your heart. He knows where you're at. But he wants us to seek after him. If we don't seek after him, we won't, we won't find him. God is a gentleman, and uh, he will not be found if we're not looking for him. He says, I believe in Proverbs, start seeking after my wisdom like you're like you're digging for hidden treasure. You ever seen them guys dig for treasure? I mean, they, it, they're all about it. It's all their life. And that's what we should be with God this morning. And I believe that's what the faithful life is all about. The faithful life is just about seeking God. Um, when I get up here and speak, I don't know why this is, but I tend to always want to just kind of introduce myself, just let you guys know who I am. Of course, Pastor Marvin told you guys my name. Um, I was born and raised right here in Tyler. I'm 43 years old. Um, I'm married, been married for 24 years, going on 25. February 1 will be 25 years. Uh, I've been at this church 19 years. Uh, I've been at my job 25 years. So I guess I'm pretty faithful, I guess. I guess that's why Pastor Marvin, I guess that's why Pastor Marvin wanted me to do the faithful. But I like to think that I'm faithful, and, I, and I'm trying to be more and more faithful to God every day. And so I hope that today after this message that you'll see faithfulness in, in me, but, but you'll see faithfulness in God, and that you'll commit to a life of faithfulness to him. Uh, God doesn't need us, but we need him, and we need each other. All right? So, so the faithful life is what we're talking about, and we're, of course we're on the series of considering the source. And the verse that we've, the verse that we've used is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And God says to you, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then we also looked at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And forgive me if I kind of skip a little bit, guys. Uh, Pastor Marvin was warning me a little earlier, you know, hey, man, you got a lot of, you got a lot of material on your, on your uh, stuff here. So, so you, guys just, you guys will bear with me. Just be patient with me and uh, forgive me if I jump through some stuff. I don't mean to leave out any important stuff. It's all important. But basically in Matthew chapter 25, it, it talks about a man uh, going, f- traveling to a far country, and he, he divided his goods or his possessions to some servants. And he gave, it says, if, it depends on what translation you're reading out of, but King James, he says that he gave five talents to one, two talents to another, and one talent to another guy. And uh, the, the one with five and the one with two, they went and, and put it to work, and they gained twice as much. So the five got ten, the two got four. But the guy that got one talent, 
he went and just put a, put it in the ground. He just dug a hole and put it in the ground. And so when the guy returns and he says, okay, I, I gave you my possessions, uh, what did you do with it? The guy with five says, I got five. So the master said, well, I'm going to give you five more. The guy with two, he said, I'm going to give you two more. Well, the guy with one, he said, you're a lazy and wicked servant. He told the guy that hid his talent that you're a lazy and wicked servant. And back, I think it's on down in verse 29, if you guys will look there for me. And let me, my uh, iPad is not doing so good here. Verse 29, it says, it says well, let me back up in 28. It says, therefore, he said, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. And in verse 29, it says, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So he's just saying here, if, if, you, if you're going to waste your talent, it's going to be, it'll be, eventually it'll be taken away from you. Now, I don't think there's anybody in here that wants to waste your talent. Now, some of you might not even realize you have a talent, but you do. Okay? You have a talent, and it's a talent that God wants you to find out. Okay? He wants you to find out what that talent is, and he wants you to use that talent. Okay? So our first point, I, I don't know if it's, I, I, maybe I've got too far ahead, but our first point this morning is believe that God is the source of all assets or he's the, he's the source of all goods. In the, in the verse in King James, it says he, he, he divided his goods to, his, to these servants. Now, um, I wanted to remind you guys something. Uh, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, I think we may have that verse up there. If we don't, I'll read it to you guys. But Revelation 4, 11 says... You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. So everything, guys, is for him. You might think that you own something. You don't. It's all his. It's surprising to me how people will talk and think that they are anything or that they own anything or that they can do anything. They really cannot. Jesus even said at one point, uh, without me, you can do nothing. And we cannot without him. He owns it all, folks, no matter if it be something that we can hold physically or if it's something like faith or hope or love. He created it all, and it's all his. Now, if we look in this Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 25, and you look about verse 15, it says that he gave different amounts of goods to these people. All right? He gave different amounts. One, one got five, one got two. And I don't want you guys to be, I know that when I read that, I thought, well, man, that's not fair. You know, I, I want five. You know? Is anybody, you know, if I saw a guy get five, I want, well, I want five. And, uh, but it just says that he gave, he gave them different amounts. But what I want to say is, what I want to show you guys is, is that we all have different gifts. We all have different gifts. And maybe there's gifts in different amounts, but we have different gifts, but they're equally important. Uh, you know, I know sometimes that we look at people that get up here on stage and, and, and people that speak, and we kind of think, oh, man, that, that guy's awesome. He's got it all together, and, and he's awesome. And, you know, just, you know, and we look at people differently just at their, their economic status, if they got money, if they don't have money. But, you know, guys, we're all, in his sight, we're all even. In Christ, we're all even, all the time. Now, I know that we have to have, we have, to have leadership, and there has to be an order. Of, you know, of course, we'd, we'd just, we'd be, it'd be chaos. But, but in the sense that, how God looks at us, even though he may have given one guy five talents or two talents or one talent, or he may have given you an ability to sing, or he may have given you ability to, to give, or he may have given you ability to greet or be an usher or whatever it may be, it's an important gift. Right. 
And it's all the same. Do you know in the Word of God it calls us the body of Christ? It, the body. Now, I don't know about you guys, but there's no part of my body that I want to do without. I wouldn't even sacrifice my pinky toenail on my left foot. I want that toenail. Now, you know what? You, it might, that toenail might be removed from my body, and I would never miss it, but I still want it because it's mine. And God knew it was, it was, God knew it was important. And every single one of us are important. So let me look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll read a few verses there. And uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Until I come to you, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching, the sound doctrine of God's Word. Don't, don't neglect the spiritual gift within you, that special endowment. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I've left something off. That special endowment, I think it says, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Through prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands on you at your ordination. Practice and work hard on these things. Be absorbed in them. Completely occupied in your ministry. So that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your personal development and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Now, again, I want to say that we've all been given a gift... And it's God's will that we find out what that gift is, that we develop that gift, and then we use it the way God wants us to use it. And I'll go this far. That gift is meant for you to use it among the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, with the body of Christ, to do what God's called you to do. I, I, I know that I have a gift to sing. I know that. It's not y'all guys all sing. Can y'all agree? What, did I sound okay this morning? Yeah. I hope I, did. I hope I I hope I have a gift of singing anyway. I don't know why they put me up here if I don't. But I know that's a gift to sing, and I know it's a gift to worship. And I have to, had developed that. I had to develop it. When I was 18 years old, my wife's family sang, and I didn't. And they wanted me to sing with them at church, and I was like, "You don't. You guys don't understand." You know, I I had never sang. I I'm 18 years old. I and when I did sing, I held the mic down here. And, I, and my head was like this. This is the way I sing. But over the years, I began to b- develop it. And now I sing with my head up. And I sing with energy and passion. And that's, what God, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to find that gift and develop it and then use it for him. Okay, Let's go to our second point. Let's be- we must believe that God is the source of all abilities. Verse 15 in Matthew chapter 25 talks about, about him giving it according to our ability. He gave gifts according to our abilities. Okay? But let me, look, let me read Luke chapter 10 verse 27. And I believe in my heart this is our greatest ability. Every single person that's ever born or ever been born has this ability. And I think it's the greatest ability. Luke 10 27 it says, And he answering said, Jesus said this, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that's our greatest ability. If anybody said you can only have one ability, what would it be? I would say, I want to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Right? Now, when I read this verse, when I read this... Um, and, all, and for the last few weeks, this has just been a word has been just, there's been a word that's just been coming to my mind, to my heart, and 
I've been thinking about it and meditating on it. And when I read this scripture, I think of the word urgency. And I, and I thought I kind of knew what urgency meant. And I thought maybe in a sense that I was an urgent person at times. But I looked up urgency and it says urgency. It, and this is just, I wrote down just, just some things in the dictionary. I didn't write everything down, but it says absolutely necessary or required. An unavoidable obligation or requirement demands attention or action. And I believe that as Christian people, we should have an urgency to find out what God wants us to do and do it. And um, I've got a video that I want to show you. Um, so just give us just a second and We'll start that video for you guys. I saw a very old man. He was eating his own human waste for hunger. I thought, what is the purpose of my life? What am I going to do? In a star hotel, I feed all my guests. But when in my hometown, there are people who are living even without food. I, I quit my job and I started feeding all these people from 2002. Urgency? Yes. Wow, huh? Yeah. Um, when I think about urgency, um, I think about when I used to play softball with Dan Tibbetts. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd be playing, you know, and uh, if, you don't know, if you don't know me or Dan very well, we, we both tend to have a very, very competitive spirit and attitude. And uh, I think we used, probably used to be a little worse, but, um, man, we'd be playing softball, and, and there'd always be somebody on the team that was just, you could just, I, I could almost read Dan's mind, because he was thinking the same thing I was thinking, you know, I'm like, this person is doing this on purpose. You know, they're, oh, they're messing up on purpose. You know, and me and, I could just, me and Dan are just like, I could tell we were just like, oh, come on. But uh, for some reason, softball, just when I think about urgency, and that's just the way I am, you know. Um, when I when there's something I get behind and I'm 
and I want to do it right, and I want to win, and I want to have I want to have the sense of urgency. And I'm and I'm sure that's that word's come out of my mouth before. Let's have some urgency here. Come on, you know. And I know I know I know people are probably saying it's just softball. No, it's not just softball. <laughs> It'll bleed over into the important parts a lot, you know. So don't don't do that. It aggravates me. Well, I lost my place here. <laughs> hitting my buttons. Hitting my buttons. Somebody was pushing my buttons, maybe. Um, this week, Vicky had a situation at her work where she had a, a, a sense of urgency to help a customer. And, uh, and it paid off for her. It just pays off. It paid off for her to be... Urgent. Jeremy Grace texted me earlier this week or last week, and he had an idea for a small group, you know, a small group that would focus on giving. And so I know that we are, I know that we are people that feel a sense of urgency at times. And I guess I just want to kind of stoke that fire in you guys. Um, you know, I think that if we would just, um, I think that if we just get rid of get rid of a lot of things that we don't need in our life that we could focus in on the things that really are important and then we could be urgent. But I think a lot of times we, we mess with stuff that's just not important and it just kind of kills that urgency. You know, sometimes when we're up here worshiping, uh, when I'm up here worshiping and I'm singing and I'm, and I'm praising God and I'm, of course, I have a lot of things going on in my mind. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, where are we going next in the song? I'm, I have to make sure that Lynn's singing right and I have to make sure that Jacob's playing the drums right. No, I'm just kidding. I tell you, I tell you what. Um, there used to be a time when I didn't have a back, backup singers, and I didn't have a drummer, and it was rough. And I am very, very grateful for you guys, uh, all of you guys. And uh, but sometimes when I'm up here singing and playing, and I'm looking out at some of you guys, and I'm wondering what is going on with these, you know, what is going on in these in these people's lives? Because I see some of you are not clapping, you're not singing, you're just kind of you're just kind of lost or somewhere you know I don't, I don't know and i'm just wondering what's going on you know so so can you guys do something for me this evening can you sure. can you can y'all can y'all raise your right hand just just raise it up for just a minute okay everybody can do that okay okay all right that's good all right all right let's let's try another thing all right you guys ready for this all right let's lift the left one okay that's pretty good that's pretty good okay y'all be careful now all right now, don't get too excited. All right? Don't freak out or anything, but can you do this? Oh, my gosh. Pastor Marvin, you need to turn around and look at this. Okay. All right. We're going to take another big step. Are you guys ready? Can y'all, can y'all go, woo! Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Y'all, y'all are messing with me then. Y'all are messing with me. Okay, every single one of y'all raised your hands and lifted your voice. Let's do that one more. Can y'all make a joyful noise? Can you just make a joyful noise? Woo-hoo! Woo! Yes! Woo! Pastor Marvin, they have been messing with us for a long time. I, I was beginning to think that it was impossible for some of you to do that. I was really, when I'm, in my, when I'm in my closet talking to God about you guys, man, I'm like, I'm sweating it, you know, I'm like, God, 
but you guys can do it. Now, let me tell you guys something. Getting all excited and hollering and lifting your hands, that doesn't necessarily mean urgency. You know, you could just be doing the motions. Woo. You know, wow, God. You know, you could just be going through the motions and it means nothing. But I truly believe that when we understand God's ability, when we understand his ability, it's going to do something to the outside. I know, we can be in, I know we can be excited on the inside and we can, be just, we can just be quiet and loving God. I know that. But I would think that at the time when we're meeting with our brothers and sisters, this is our family, y'all know that? And, we're, and we are talking to our daddy, our papa, our abba, whatever you call your daddy, whatever you call our father God. When we're talking to him and we're meeting with him, you would think we could be a little more urgent, be a little more excited about him. I'm excited about him. Um, my, my next couple of verses, I'm, I know I got a lot of that, Candace, but I'm just going to kind of just paraphrase a little bit so you don't have to throw those up. But there, was a woman that, uh, there was a woman that heard that Jesus was in a house talking to some people. This is in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 7 if you want to read it. But I'm just going to skim just because I don't have very much time left. Um, but she went in and um, she heard Jesus was in the house. And he had been, I think he had been uh, invited by uh, a, a guy. The guy sounded like he was maybe a little wealthy, maybe a little important. But Jesus was invited and he's in there eating. And this woman comes in. And uh, I don't know if you guys know it, but back then they didn't really have paved streets. They wore sandals or barefoot, so their feet got dirty. So a foot, foot washing thing was kind of a big deal in their culture. You go into somebody's house, there's usually somebody, a servant usually would be there to wash your feet. Or, and, uh, well, this woman starts crying and washing Jesus' feet with her tears. And she's wiping his feet with her hair, drying his feet off. And then she had some expensive perfume, and she put the perfume on his feet. Now, I know that we look at that as pretty strange. If, we, if somebody was to wash our feet and dry them off and perfume them... That would be pretty strange, but it's because we wear shoes and we don't look at it the same. Okay, But while she's doing this, this guy that invited Jesus to the supper is saying inside to himself, if Jesus was really, if this guy was really you know, a son of God or if he was a prophet, he would know who this woman is, that she's a sinner. And he wouldn't be letting her touch him. You know. And Jesus said, Simon, I think the guy's name was. Jesus said, Simon, I've got something to tell you. You know when Jesus says that, you're in trouble. <laughs> Especially, you know, right, right when he's thinking that. Uh-oh. You know, he was like going, uh-oh, I did it now. And Jesus said, when I came into your house, you didn't offer me nothing to wash my feet with. You didn't kiss me. You didn't give me any anointing oil to anoint my head with. But this woman has cleaned my feet with her tears and her hair and then put perfume on my feet. And it was just something kind of... Of special thing. And let me, let me remind you guys about another uh, scripture verse, and it's in Luke chapter 10, I believe it is. Let me see here. Let me get over to it. Luke chapter 18, excuse me. But there was a blind man out on the street, and all, Jesus, Jesus went through there, and a bunch of people were following, of course, and making a bunch of noise. And the blind man said to somebody, hey, who, what's going on? And they said, Jesus is passing by. And so this blind man starts crying out, Jesus! 
Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And everybody starts saying, be quiet, be quiet. And he said, it says that he got even louder. He got even louder. Jesus, have mercy on me. Wasn't, he wasn't deterred. And Jesus said, hey, call that guy over here. Tell that guy to come over here. And Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. I want to be able to see. And Jesus said, okay, your faith is healed. You be. You can see. And he, and he got healed. And so what I'm trying to show you guys is, is when we understand God's abilities, we understand his abilities. The woman, with the, the woman that washed his feet knew he had the ability to forgive her of her sin. And he did that. Jesus did that. He said, you're forgiven. And then the man that was blind knew Jesus had the ability to get him healed. And he did. But it took these people moving and doing some extravagant things. Do you all, you all understand what I'm saying? It took some extravagant things. I don't know about you, but if somebody washed my feet with their tears and their hair, it would be unusual. But in their day, you know, not so much. But still, Simon, had a, Simon the guy, he had a little bit of problem with it. He thought it was kind of strange. But she thought it necessary. The woman thought it necessary to do that. And the blind man thought it necessary. I better cry out. I better cry out. And even some people will try to shut him down. And yet we come into a church building with other believers and we have a difficulty lifting our voice. It doesn't match up. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. Again, being all excited and yelling and shouting and all that doesn't necessarily mean urgency. But I believe when we understand God's ability and we sense the urgency about it, you know, there's people out there that, there's people out there that might need us to be urgent like these hungry people in India. There's people out there that need us to be urgent about doing what God wants us to do. Let me go ahead and go to my third point. Believe that God is the source of all abundance. John chapter 3, verse 16. Probably could all, we could probably all quote that, couldn't we? Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is abundance. That is the epitome of abundance, is it not? That is the greatest abundance. Without everlasting life, without Jesus, we have nothing. And, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Marvin Jr. said something last week that, um, that I just thought was something that we hear all the time and we kind of might just kind of toss it around and be flipping about it. But he said that God wants us all to be blessed. And I was like, man, that, that was almost just a something that just went whoop, right out and, you know, didn't even really think about it very much. But, but God does want us to all to be blessed. And that doesn't mean necessarily that we're all going to be rich, not necessarily. But God does want to make sure that all of our needs are met. Now, I only have just a few minutes. And so I'm going to kind of have to shave some stuff off right here. I kind of had a little bit of a, of a thing to, uh, I think I probably have time. Dan, let's go ahead and do that, if you would. I'm going to have my ushers pass you guys something out right quick. And uh, I know I don't have but just a few minutes, but uh, this was something that I just thought was kind of really, uh, really important. Um, in, oh, uh, no, I don't need that right there. No, I don't need that. I'll just have Dan and them do their thing. And then um, God knew that uh, when we talk about abundance, a lot of times God, uh, we, we automatically go to money, right? And so um, I want to just kind of... Talk about money for just a bit, little bit, just a few minutes that I've got left. Okay, guys? Um, 
God wants us to be, have abundance, and it's going to start with money. Now, this is not going to be by any means a, you know, an inexhaustive study of money right here, so you guys just kind of bear with me. I'm going to focus on one point. I'm going to focus on one point of our giving that I think is, is very, very important to us having abundance in our life. Okay? And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and Candace, I'm going to just look at verse 14. I will take one. Yes, sir. He's going to give you all. Everybody's going to get a dollar. Just hold on to the rest. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 14. And it says here. Uh, again, guys, I want you guys to ha- get my heart for just a second. I'm a giver. Uh, I told you guys earlier that one of my gifts is worshiping and loving and singing. But another one of my gifts that I know that God has given me is a gift to give. And it's just been something that I've done for a long time. So that's my heart, okay? So I just want you guys to understand my heart is to give. And I want people to understand money. Because if we understand money, we can use it the right way. Money can be a shackle. It can be handcuffs. Or it can be a, a very mighty tool that we use for God that can do some ma- amazing things. Amazing things. I would love to send this, I'd love to send this guy here money, the guy in India. I'd love to send him some money. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but, but I'm sure there's got to be somebody out there feeding hungry people. But the, the dollar, I want us to understand what money. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14. And I guess I need to, let me lay just a little bit more groundwork here. I'm, I apologize. But you guys know that God wants us to give, right? And he wants us to give to the local church, the church that we go to. This is the church I go to, so I give, I give here. But here is an area of giving that I think we don't look at a lot of times, and I want us to see it, okay? But it says in the same way, it says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 14, in the same way the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. So what I'm saying is the people that are teaching us the Word of God is the people that we should be financially supporting. Now, I'm not asking you to do that for me. I'm not saying that. I'm not up here to to, to say that. Um, I I did this with all intentions of of focusing on my pastors, Pastor Marvin and Patty Salcedo. They're my pastors. If these are not your pastors, then just forget about what I'm saying. But there's a pastor somewhere out there for you, and you should be financially supporting them. And it's what God wants us to do. The Bible talks about three areas of giving, tithing, giving, and then extravagant giving. Do you remember the woman with the two mites? She gave it all, and Jesus said that was extravagant. You remember Solomon? He, he, he sacrificed a thousand bulls instead of just one. That was extravagant. And after Solomon did that, that the, the, after Solomon sacrificed a thousand bulls for God, shortly after that, God said, Solomon, ask me whatever you want, and it's yours. And he asked for wisdom. So I, got, I want you guys to understand this, okay? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it talks about a church wanted to give, okay? Now, I couldn't prepare you guys to give this morning. I didn't have enough time to call each and every one of you and prepare. So that's why I give you all a dollar. And I want you guys to think about this dollar and say, and think about the specific thought of supporting those who you learn from spiritually, okay? And I want you to pray about it and say, and ask God, God, how would you have me to give? Notice I didn't say if I should give. We already know it's his will for us to financially support those that teach us the word of God. So it's not an if, but how much and when. Okay, can you guys do that for me? Okay, Father, we thank you so much for the day that we could honor you and bless you. We thank you for your word. It has set us free this morning. We honor you and we bless you.
In Jesus' name, amen.